The Old Testament reading for this, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the prophet Jeremiah, the 31st chapter. Thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them forth from the north country, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor, together. A great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with pleas for mercy I will lead them back. I will make them walk by brooks of water, in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading comes from the letter to the Hebrews, the seventh chapter. The former priests were many in number, because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently, because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. And this is the word of the Lord. God. And the Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. They came to Jericho, and as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you may have noticed, despite what the bulletin says, I am not Pastor Victor Young. Uh, he called on Friday morning, and his wife, Debbie, had tested positive for COVID, and so he was unable to travel to be with us. He sends his greetings. He also sends this sermon that he sent and asked that I read on his behalf. The 150th anniversary of Trinity Lutheran Church gives us an occasion to remember past members whose souls are now with the Lord while their bodies rest in the cemetery. Like blind Bartimaeus, they got it. 
and proceeded to follow Jesus in the way. And possibly you got it too, only because they got it first. Like Bartimaeus, their faith in Christ and the grace they received comforts and encourages us. You see, as with the saints who went before us in the way, Jesus also opens our eyes so we get it and follow him as his disciples. But sadly, not all do. But thank God, as we read through the gospel according to St. Mark this year, we get it. We understand the book has everything to do with who this Jesus of Nazareth is and that he came to save us from the devil for life under the eternal reign and rule of our merciful God. But as we listen to the 16 chapters of Mark's narrative, we see that most of Jesus' contemporaries, even the 12, do not get it. From the first sentence, we hear that Jesus is the Son of God. Yet despite the proofs of that during Jesus' ministry, his audience remains in the dark. For example, the multitudes listen to Jesus teach, and they're amazed because he was teaching them as one exuding authority and not as the scribes. But they are blind as to why this is so. They also watch Jesus cast out demons and are amazed, but all they do is debate, asking, what is this? Still, they don't recognize that Jesus is divine. One day, the twelve are terrified as their boat is swamped by waves. They feel they're about to die. Then Jesus awakens at their cry to order the wind and waves to be still, and they do. The twelve become even more afraid, and they say, Who is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Well, there's only one who can command wind and waves to do his bidding, Almighty God. But not one of the twelve gets it, even though the evidence from Jesus' words and works pile up in support of Jesus' deity. Now the twelve are men who follow Jesus obediently. And early on, Jesus gives them insight and explanations. But they are like the earlier blind man from Mark chapter 8, whom Jesus healed in two stages. They begin to see, but everything still looks blurry about who Jesus is at least until the day of Pentecost. Jesus even takes them to task for not getting it. He says to them, Although you have eyes, do you not see? Do you not yet understand? One day Peter confesses to Jesus, You are the Christ. But in Mark's Gospel, he doesn't add that he is also the Son of God. And then when Jesus tells the twelve what it means for him to be the Christ, that his mission is to be rejected, suffer, die, and rise on the third day, Peter rebukes him, and Jesus in turn rebukes Peter for getting in his way, calling him Satan. Only toward the end of the gospel does someone clearly get it, and he is a Gentile, the centurion standing opposite the crucified Christ. At Jesus' death, he confesses, truly, this man was the Son of God. Yet a few others have their eyes opened and also get it. And one of them is a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. What a paradox. Blind Bartimaeus sees while those with sight are blind. And that's how it is with the Christian faith. Seeing isn't believing. Seeing follows believing in who Jesus is and what he has done to save us. Today's gospel reading is about far more than physical blindness. On a second level, it is also about spiritual blindness. Blindness is a feature of a broken creation. 
Every one of us was born blind. That is, without knowing who Jesus is and what he has done to save us. And so we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That is, until God made us alive through holy baptism and opened our eyes to see. But many others are still groping around through this existence, stumbling down the broad path that leads only to weeping and gnashing of teeth. They are blind to the true God and Savior of the world. They see only what the sinful world in their own sinful flesh tells them to see. Having no faith in God, they are overwhelmed with anxiety, confusion, and gloom, all because they do not understand and believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and his promises. Even we, the baptized, lapse into a spiritual blindness as we slowly develop a case of cataracts. It happens when we prefer to sleep in on Sunday morning, or shop, or go into the field rather than gather with the saints on Sunday morning around God's word and sacrament. It happens when we devote hours to watching TV, but only minutes, if any, to reading the word of God. It happens when we think we have done our duty by going to church only every once in a while, as if our piety can cancel our debt with God. It happens when we fail to hear the word of the Lord and live by all his commandments. Instead, we violate them, trade them for the ways of the world, redefine them to fit the way we want to live our lives. And so we are not following Jesus in the way. Can you, will you fall back into the darkness? Still, the risen and ascended Lord Jesus comes into our midst, calling us all to repent and believe the gospel. He steps into our presence in order that those who do not see may see and live under him in his restored paradise where all is well and healthy. He comes as the light of the world shining through the pages and preaching of God's word, forgiving you and healing you by means of holy baptism, holy absolution, and his holy supper. And despite the fact that sin has blinded you, your eyes are opened and you get it. You not only understand who Jesus is, you know the grace that God has for you. You not only trust in him as your master and savior, you want others to see and believe in him too. This must have been the desire of those Germans who emigrated from Deutschland or other places to settle in Loudoun. They came with open eyes, knowing Jesus and following in the Lord's way. And others would have their eyes opened after arriving. They understood how much they and everyone else need Jesus, the Savior of the world, and his mercy. So while breaking sod, building houses, and raising barns, they sacrificed and sweated to establish a Lutheran church, to construct God's house, to start a parochial school, and call pastors and teachers to instruct them and their children in the faith. God used them so that one day you would also get it. That is, understand that Jesus is the Son of God incarnate, your Savior from sin, death, and the devil, for eternal life in the eternal reign and rule of God in his house. Here we see how much we are like the blind beggar Bartimaeus. As Jesus strolls through Jericho along with his disciples and a huge multitude, with his face set on going to Jerusalem, Bartimaeus is sitting at the back of the crowd beside the road. He hears it was Jesus of Nazareth. No doubt Bartimaeus had heard about him, which means someone loved him enough to tell him, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the message of Christ. So he gets it, 
what everyone else failed to understand and see about Jesus, that he is the Son of God, and with him the reign and rule of God has come and is now near. What irony. The blind man sees it, while those who see and tell Bartimaeus to shut up remain in the dark. Beloved, you have heard of Jesus of Nazareth, very likely from past members of Trinity. So you get it. Just as the Holy Spirit opened Bartimaeus' eyes and created in him faith in Jesus, so you also have been equally blessed, so that through faith in Jesus you receive his mercy. Yes, we get it. That Bartimaeus trusts in Jesus because we hear him yelling and yelling a lot more when others tell him to quiet down. Jesus, that is, Lord, my Savior. Son of David, that is, child born to us, the Son given to us, Almighty God, Prince of Peace. Rabbi, that is, my Master, my Lord, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knows he's a beggar before God. He has nothing to offer the Lord. Indeed, we are all beggars before God, poor, miserable sinners. This is true. So you are also called to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And why would you do this? Because like Bartimaeus, you know that the Lord our God, the Holy Trinity, is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. You get it, because God has promised you this about himself. So like Bartimaeus, we also call out to our crucified, risen, and ascended Lord Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. Because, thanks to God's word and the Holy Spirit, we get it. We recognize the Almighty King who is coming our way into our cities and fields. We look to the Lord for help and acknowledge that amid all the mysteries of life, with all its perplexities and uncertainties, its headaches and body aches and heartaches, its sin and sorrow and suffering, its partings and separations, its losses and crosses and heat and frost and fire and flood and hunger and thirst and disaster and death, without him... We are alone. We crave security and mercy. And Jesus is compassionate and merciful. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us cry out in faith, Lord, have mercy. And like Bartimaeus, we trust in Jesus to give and to do what is right for us in his own eyes. Jesus calls for Bartimaeus, and he comes to Jesus. So do we. Jesus promises, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus asks Bartimaeus what he desires that he should do for him. He wants to regain his sight. But Jesus did far more than restore Bartimaeus' eyesight. He saved him from his sin, death, and the power of the devil to join Jesus on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem and then into the Father's house in paradise. And Bartimaeus has received this gift through faith alone, faith in Jesus, the Son of God. His faith has made him well. And by faith, Bartimaeus begins to follow Jesus in the way of discipleship, most likely also following Jesus up to Jerusalem. And what will he see there? 
Well, right before this miracle took place in Jericho, Jesus told the twelve, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for multitudes. Jesus went from Jericho to Jerusalem to lay down his life upon the cross. And seeing that, getting that, is far greater than any earthly blessing. You know the Son of God became man in order to step into your shoes and shoulder your misdeeds and die your death. Although being without sin, he willingly became accountable for your guilt before God. So he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. On him was laid the iniquity of us all. He bore our sin in his holy body to the altar of wood, where he poured out his holy precious blood to satisfy God's wrath in your place and cover your sin and haul it into his grave. And when he rose from the dead, your sin was gone, never to be seen again or heard of again. You see, all is now forgiven because Jesus paid the ransom for us all. And where there is forgiveness, you have eternal life and salvation. And so Bartimaeus begins to follow Jesus in the way. And he does so because through faith, he is now under Jesus' gracious reign and rule. He begins to fulfill the invitation issued by Jesus his Lord. If someone really desires to come after me, let him deny himself and let him take up his cross and let him proceed to follow me. Bartimaeus is the picture of true discipleship, blind and needy, a beggar, dependent upon the mercy of his Lord and following in the Lord's way. He saw. He got it. He understand. He believed. He received mercy. And that's forever. Today we celebrate 150 years, during which thousands upon thousands, generation after generation here at Trinity, got it. And because they got it, they passed down what they had come to understand and believe. So we have come to understand who Jesus is and what his mission is. And thanks to his suffering, death, and resurrection, we benefit forever through faith in him. We get his mercy every day as we walk in the Lord's way. And before us lies for each of us our own bodily resurrection from the dead and a joyful reunion with all the saints, gathered with all the saints around the throne of God and the Lamb to thank him and praise him forever for the blessings received. Thank God we got it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.